Welcome. You're listening to Sanseet. Where you'll find everything to do with spirituality, life lessons, holistic living, and medicine. To become your true self. We all have stories, journeys, experiences, and love. Here's your host, Aaron O'Dowd. Hello and welcome, my name is Aaron O'Dowd and you're listening to Sanseed. On today's show we have Donna Stellhorn. She is an author of many books and her recent book is 2015 Year of the Sheep. She is an astrologer, she does feng shui, Chinese zodiac, which is Chinese astrology, and many more. So, hello Donna and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. It's it feels like an honor to get to speak to you on your amazing radio show. So thank you. You're, you're very welcome. When did you discover holistic medicine or spirituality? Well, that's a really interesting question. You know, uh, back way back in the '80s, I was a computer programmer. And I ran the whole computer department, and my uh, CFO, that's the chief financial officer, uh, was very interested in numbers, and she did my numerology. And in the numerology, it said, uh, has a gift with astrology. And I was just incredibly excited. They thought that I had a gift in anything. And so I ran over to the first metaphysical bookstore I could find. I found they had class starting that night. I went to the class and during the class, I said, I am gonna do this for a living. I, I was absolutely committed. And two years later, I was absolutely doing it for a living. What spurred you to go to computers to this area? Well, you know, there, there's actually quite a bit of a relationship between these two things. The sign of Aquarius rules both computers and astrology because astrology is a lot of numbers and calculations and precision. Plus, at the time, computers were just starting to come into their age and the first computer programs for calculating a chart were becoming available. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of, but it, to calculate a chart by hand is really time consuming. And so all of the astrologers around me were calculating by hand, taking hours to do a chart that I could do in seconds. So this kind of gave me a leg up and allowed me to really accelerate in my studies. And why does it take so long to do by hand? Because it, the precise time of birth has to be determined. You know, right now, it's where I am, it's 9 a.m. And where you are, I believe it's around 5 p.m. And But it's not really 9 a.m. or 5 p.m. We're, we've taken kind of an average of where our time zone is. So the, one of the first steps is to figure out who is born in, say, a 9 a.m. time zone is really born at 9 a.m. or is it 9.03 or is it 9.23? And so that's one of the steps. Another step is to find out where the planets are, specifically in the sky. 
and people think that they just move around the sun at a regular rate, but actually sometimes they're going faster, sometimes they're going slower, based on their elliptic orbit. Explain to us what astrology is. What is it? Is it reading of the signs? Is it planets? What is it? It's the idea that uh, a map of where we're going and what we're going to be doing is actually outlined for us. It's the as above, so below concept and the macrocosm to the microcosm. So macrocosm is the big universe and I'm the microcosm. I am this individual and we are in harmony. We're doing things at the same time. So it's not so much that the planets are causing us to do something, but that they are mirroring what we're doing. Now, way, way back, there was a mathematician named Ptolemy, and people don't know that he did more than just math, he did astrology also. He discovered that planetary orbits were elliptical because he said he knew that Mars couldn't have been where people say it was on a circular orbit because when Mars was in Libra, he always fought with his wife. And so he knew because of things that were happening to him that the math of the planetary orbits were wrong. And so by the same token for us, it's the same thing. What we uh, have and in experiences on this earth are actually displayed to us in the sky. And it's the astrologer's job to interpret for us. I see. And where did it take you after discovering astrology? Well, uh, from astrology, of course, I wanted to meet with people and figure out, you know, who was in a happy relationship or if you started a business at this time, where would it go? But I also had other interests too. I love the idea that astrology was telling us where we were going, but I also wanted to increase my luck. Now, in the West, where I live, here in the United States, we have a really strong attitude of you know, work hard and then everything good happens to you. But in the Far East, in Asia, there is this idea that you can affect your luck by changing your environment. And this practice is called feng shui. Now, I always had a very strong interest in how the layout of house could affect the energy. I grew up in a very disruptive house, a lot of construction going on my entire life, and it was a difficult house to grow up in. So I had always wondered if people who lived in houses where there wasn't a lot of construction, if they had a happier time. So in my research, I found that in China, feng shui practitioners were always astrologers. So it, to me, seemed a natural transition to bring my Western astrology and combine it with feng shui. How did the marriage combine with feng shui and astrology? When a person comes to me and I say, oh my goodness, you know, it, it looks like your, uh, the energy around your job is becoming unstable. It's, it's time to be looking for a new position. Then I can suggest feng shui remedies to bring more opportunities. And the amazing thing is that our environment has this 
huge effect on our mood, our energy, and our decision making. So while the feng shui cures, those remedies, don't actually bring the opportunity, what it does is it opens our eyes to new possibilities and we suddenly see what's in front of us, which we couldn't have seen before. What is feng shui and how does it affect us environment? Is it in our house, is it workplace, or is it everywhere in our micro environment? Feng shui is everywhere and it permeates everything. And while the term is old, the concepts are things that we do every single day. So it is the idea that everything around us causes us to have different emotions, different feelings, and therefore make different decisions. Now we see this uh, actually in our personal environment in our work environment, but we also see companies now using feng shui principles to uh, guide us, I should say, uh, to make purchasing decisions. Uh, The layout of a store may cause us to stay longer in a store. The shape of packaging or the colors of packaging could uh, increase our desire to buy that item. So we are always affected by our environment. So now, if we take this on a personal level and we take control of this, then we can adjust our home environment to give us the best opportunities for rest, for a sense of peace, for a sense of confidence and courage in making our decisions. We could make our home a sanctuary where we get re-energized so that when we go back out into the world, we are not just battered around by different companies or different organizations that want us to do their agenda. Do we have feng shui in our anatomy where we can attract a relationship or a partner of the equal gender or is it just our environment that's around us? It actually is in all things. So, for example, uh, I was living in New Mexico, and New Mexico is known for a certain style of artwork. Uh, Maybe your listeners are familiar with Giorgio O'Keefe, who did a lot of beautiful artwork of flowers and uh, cow bones, actual cow skulls. And so I I go into a woman's house, and she says, I'm there to help her relationship. She says, my relationship is dead. And I go into the bedroom and there's a giant cow skull over her bed. And so every time she's walking into her room, she's seeing these bleached bones, this this idea that this cow, this beautiful animal, is now dead and hanging over her bed. And so then the, the feng shui practitioner always says to themselves, all right, is is it this that the person sensed the relationship was dying and then put the cow skull up there to represent this, to give them a sense of, look, you know, my relationship is in trouble. I keep being attracted to things that are dead. Or is it that we place the cow skull up there and then we start to notice that other things are dead in our lives. So either way, the results are the same. 
that the environment was affecting the person and then the person's mood is affecting the environment. You've written a lot of books based on the zodiac. Have you gone through the zodiac when you were doing your training of astrology or did it just come about? Well, you know, the uh, series of books that I have on Chinese astrology is something that was a natural uh, transition from feng shui. Now, primarily, I'm a Western astrologer. That means, you know, I'm a Libra. I uh, talk to people all day long about Aries or Taurus. But in Chinese astrology, we have the different animals. The different animal signs represent people. And most of the time, and in my books, I've discussed a, just an annual sign. But actually, Everyone has a Chinese animal that rules the year they're born, the month they're born, the day they're born, and the time they're born. So there's four different animals, and these animals interact with the person. But in my books, what I talk about is your specific animal for the year and how that animal is going to interact with the animal for that particular year. So uh, right now we're in the year of the sheep. And so, and I'm a rat. So rats and sheep don't really interact that well. They don't, so at least they don't eat each other, but they, uh, they, don't, uh, they don't help each other. They're not usually in the same environment. So this is a difficult year for me. This is a year where a little bit of a fish out of water. And so in my book, I give feng shui remedies uh, for when there is not so much harmony, so that you can put yourself into harmony. So you, you mentioned feng shui remedies. What are they? And the second thing is the zodiac animals. Let's just say I'm a horse. Once you have that information, can you say this is what this personality is and this is who they are and to the core? Yes. Uh, when, when we say I'm a rat, you're a horse, we do know that there are certain personality traits that you will tend to follow. Now, again, that's tempered by we don't know what animal we are for the month or the day or the time. But so we don't say, oh, you're just going to be horse and nothing else. But what we do know is that uh, being born under the sign of horse means that uh, you are going to interact with people on, on a, a very powerful level. Horse wants to lead the pack. Uh, horses, they're, they're beautiful and strong and powerful, and they find friends who have that power too. And now horse and sheep are a little bit different energy. So because horse's big year was last year, you went into a seed planting time. And this means that you're struggling a little bit last year and this year because the terrain that a sheep will walk on is unstable for a horse. And so you're planting seeds for your new beginning of your cycle, but we still don't have the sprouts. We still don't have the, the clear indication of where you're going over this next 12-year period. Uh, then we do our feng shui remedies. And the remedies are uh, 
actually the list is quite long. There's nine different categories of remedies. They range from objects uh, that might be familiar to some of your listeners, uh, like a little lucky money cat that you'll see in Chinese restaurants, crystals, wind chimes, and things like that. But also colors, shapes, and placement of furniture, or even uh, the way uh, uh, whole buildings are built. Uh, can be remedies for situations or uh, areas of a city. And you mentioned in the the Zodiac about terrain and the 12 years. How does the terrain and the 12 years affect the individual? With the different signs, what everybody has there, you know, knows their Chinese Zodiac sign, what they're wanting to do is compare their animal to how it would interact with the sheep. So, for example, a tiger, if someone's born in the year of the tiger, a tiger and a sheep, they're one, they come from very different worlds. The tiger's inclination is to eat the sheep. So, what the tiger, the person born in the year of the tiger, needs to recognize is there might be lots and lots of people around them that are going to help them. But they they have to be nice to them. They can't be too aggressive because sheep scare her easily. Or you could consider the rabbit and the sheep. Now these two may actually interact in the same environment. They don't eat each other. They don't necessarily compete that much even for food. So rabbit and sheep get along great. The sensitivity and psychic ability of rabbit uh, goes perfectly with sheep who likes to be helpful and wants to be within a group or herd. So these help us determine what kind of year we're going to have. In 2015, how do you see the year being planned out for everybody? Well, in a sheep year, we're going to be much more herd oriented. We're going to want to be with like-minded people and we will actually exclude people who are not like us. I've already seen with clients who are well qualified for jobs not getting the job because they weren't in the right professional organization or they didn't know somebody within the organization already. So it's extremely important that we be very social this year, that we go out and interact either in real life or in social media. Then also, sheep scare very easily of all of the animals. Uh, the rabbit's pretty timid, but sheep are the, probably the second most timid of the Chinese zodiac. But this is more being timid in, within a group So we see that one group becomes afraid of another group and therefore we have conflicts. Sheep ears, we don't like to have a lot of wars, but what we do is we have internal struggles between groups. So we see in the United States that where we have our racial tensions escalating a great deal, but even more, we have whole groups of people becoming afraid of other groups who are overseas, who are far away, who aren't actually a threat to us in the immediate. 
So these are some of the things that we're watching out for. Now there's some positives too. Uh, sheep energy is very much about taking things a little slower, going towards the simple life, you know, uh, that whole slow food movement of cooking at home and uh, taking care of family and friends. It is about being more social and, you know, maybe looking at the house and decluttering a bit, so getting rid of excess and going for quality over quantity. Do you see the world's news day being dictated by the year of the sheep or the astrology sign? Yes, every year I watch how much we get affected by the animal. I mean, I was just noticing uh, how, uh, of course, with sheep, you also get that goat energy and company men uh, and uh, celebrity men were sporting goatees this year, uh, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, so we do get a flavor of the energy and, and some of this is because uh, so many people in the world do follow Chinese astrology. They do feel this energy very keenly. So even if we in the West aren't as aware of it, uh, there's a lot of people in the world who are generating this energy that this is sheepier and these are the things that are going to happen and so therefore the trends do occur. The moons that occur during the year, how does that affect the, the astrology or can you explain a bit more about that? We have since ancient times watched the moon and how it grows and shrinks and this is a very important cycle. Now we have overlaid that very natural cycle with a very artificial calendar. So this throws us off a little bit because, uh, you know, the fact that we have 31 days in one month and 28 days in another month actually doesn't make very much sense to our, our brain. Our brain says, oh, the moon is growing, the moon is shrinking. This is the way the cycle should go. So we just recently had the new moon, and the new moon is a time of starting the month and uh, saying to yourself, what is it that I want to accomplish in the next 28 days? So in this period from the new moon to the first quarter moon, which is uh, about seven days, during this time, we want to be really focused on what is it that I can start? What can I begin? What seeds can I plant? You said the moon is 28 days. Is, is that the whole heat month or are the two days separate? The lunar cycle is, it's not exactly 28 days. It's a little, it's like a little pinch more than 28 days, which gives around 13 moons per year and the old old calendars did have 13 months uh the more the newer calendars of course we have 12 months now uh and there's some reasoning behind that uh, so uh, because 12 being a sacred number we have been looking for a way to bring 12 into our you know, the 12 hours, and then uh, of course we can go back to the 12 signs, 
and then later through we see it uh, being mirrored in religions, uh, of disciples of Christ, etc. So the the moon cycle, though, is an important cycle for us to be following in our just daily lives. Whereas, uh, let's say you wanted to gain money in your life, well, this two weeks is the time to bring the feng shui cures or the other spiritual actions to attract something to our life. But once we get to the full moon, down to the new moon, that second two weeks, well, that would be our time to say, oh, I want to lose weight, or I want to get rid of the clutter, or I want to rid myself of a bad habit. And then we're releasing something. And what happens is we get these two confused, and we try to release things at a time where things should be growing, and we don't get good results. So let's just say a moon pops up in the end of Libra and it's Sagittarius. Did that affect the people that are in that period of time or how does the moon affect the astrology sign? Yes, very much so. The You have a moon sign in your chart, your western chart, and the moon sign in the sky affects you also. But because the moon does go through all different signs every single year, we're very used to the moon traveling through these signs. So there's there's actually a lot of planets out there that we call the sun and moon planets, but they're really luminaries. Uh, but then there's Mercury and Mars and all the way out to Pluto. And the astrologers are very happy to know that Pluto is now a planet again, because Pluto really has an effect on you. Now, the moon, when it travels through a sign, whether it's traveling through Sagittarius or currently through Gemini, it has a tiny effect on us, but it's an effect we're used to. But when Pluto comes and hits our chart or Saturn comes and hits our chart, which doesn't happen so often, that's when huge things happen to us. Uh, that's when we get married, we lose the job, where we are really affected on a personal level. That's when we're, it's, it's because of one of the bigger planets. The universe affects everything. It does, it does. And I shouldn't say affects, because uh, that's what I did say. But I sh I'm not saying that it is causation. Although some astrologers do believe that there is causation that the planets moving into position are affecting us. It's the idea that, you know, if the moon that far away can affect the tides and we're 70% or 80% water, we're certainly affected by that. To me, it's correlation. They're just happening at the same time. So that the, the map of the heavens is, uh, also the map of my life and so as things move into different signs as planets move to new locations it's a signal for me to make changes also and if i don't well then people around me or my environment changes or my job changes or my relationship changes and i'm forced to change it anyway if a solar eclipse happens, is that where the planets align or does it just become a marriage of the sun and moon towards an astrologer's map? Actually, the eclipses are our most uh, 
shocking, sudden, uh, catastrophic change that we can have. Now, every eclipse doesn't affect every person, but when an eclipse does hit you, the changes in your life are very large. Now, the, the eclipse effect happens over several month period. Some astrologers say at like six months. I do see that the eclipses can affect a person very strongly for three months. Now, the eclipses, I mean, even back in, in all of the mythology and history, we know that eclipses were a very big deal for uh, native Aboriginal peoples as well as people who uh, explored the world. Eclipses would come and governments would topple or, uh, you know, countries would be invaded and things like that. On a personal level, it means that if eclipse hits you, something big has to change in your life. And the good news is, is that while it may feel uncomfortable at the time, after the eclipse, when you look back, you're always happy that it happened. It's just during the process, it's sometimes not that fun. Um, I, I equate it to uh, kind of kind of like a, a giant wave. Uh, you can be hit by this wave, or you can have a surfboard and you can ride the wave. The previous eclipse we had, the previous solar eclipse, was 29 degrees of Pisces. 29 is the, the highest degree that a sign can have, and Pisces is our last sign. So this was an extremely powerful eclipse for those people who were hit by the eclipse. And this eclipse says that things in that those people's lives have to end. The stuff that's not working has to be let go of. There's a lot of conversation around saying that we're entering the fifth dimension in the universe as the planets align. Can you explain a bit that or your opinion on it? Actually, that's a bit out of my uh, expertise. I, I deal with mostly people in their current mundane lives. There is lots of people who are looking forward at the, the transformation of people and DNA and all of that. But my, I feel my job it is to help you as the individual get through your daily life by having better relationships, you know, feeling comfortable with your income, your loving your job, those sort of things. And if a client comes to you, how do you design the treatment or how do you read the person's chart? Well, I collect information, first their date of birth, their time of birth, if they have it, it's not necessary, but it is helpful. And then the city they're born in. And then I ask them also to take some pictures of their house, specifically their front door, inside and out, because their front door is where all new energy comes in. And then I construct their charts, and using my computer, uh, I can construct all the different astrology charts for them. There's five or six charts that we use on a regular basis, depending on the time of the year for the person. And through the charts, I can tell them where they're heading on their current map. And if they 
are liking the destination that I'm seeing, then they can just keep going that direction. But if they see themselves heading for a cliff, then we can change their direction by changing the feng shui of the house. For example, I have a client in Germany and she just sent me pictures of her house and they're having a great deal of trouble finding the right schools for the kids. Well, in the area of education of the house, which is to the left, as you're going in, you make a turn to the left of the front door, it was very cluttered. All the jackets and coats and book bags and all of that were there. It was so packed and so confusing that that area was representing what I was seeing in the chart of great confusion around the children's education. So we do it twofold. We clear out that area in the physical, and then we also wrote out different options, different schools that the children could attend. And then I constructed the chart for the question of which schools. And from that chart, I could say, this particular school is better this particular school will not be as beneficial. I see. And how are you able to see the blocked energy or flow energy through a person's house? Is there a way of doing it? The clutter gives us a really good indication that there is a block of energy because we actually uh, accumulate clutter because we are feeling that an area of our lives is out of sync. And so the clutter seems to be attracted to a place. Uh, for example, uh, people who feel that they are overworked, uh, really feel uh, like overextended, will have a lot of clutter on desks and tables. Whereas people who feel they are uncertain about the direction they should go in their lives will have clutter more on the floor in the uh, form of, of shoes or books or things like that. If you could change something about yourself, what would it be? Oh, I would love to be able to teleport. Then we could have done this live. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to see the world. So I am stuck here on the phone all day long. So I want to change one thing. Yeah, that, that would be it. Uh, that I think that's probably uh, for your listeners to think I'm a little little self-interested because uh, I just want something for me. But uh, I think that we all have within us the power to change this world, and I feel incredibly honored that I get to help guide people, and I I'm hoping that I get to guide a person who is as influential as some of these people we've had in the past. I see. And the next question is, if you could pick all the learnings you've learned up to now and share one piece of knowledge to the listeners, what would it be? It, it really is that our environment does affect us. And so we shouldn't neglect it. You know, we can very easily figure out what works in our environment and what doesn't. And we may not feel sometimes that we have the budget to change it to exactly how we like. But by taking a little time to care for what's around us, we're going to feel stronger. We're going to feel more balanced. We're going to sleep better. And this will help us when we go out into the world. 
fascinating. That's a that's a gem. Uh, where can we find you and people locate you on the internet? Yes, yes. So very available on the internet at uh, DonnaStellhorn.com. Also, I have a YouTube channel up. And if you search Donna Stellhorn, there's more than 50 videos of different tips. Uh, there's especially there's predictions for 2015 up. And then I also just put up the new Moon Wishes class that I just did about uh, making wishes for April. We still have another two days where that information can be very, very helpful for people making wishes or uh, what they want over the next 28 days. And then, of course, just email me at Donna at DonnaStellHorn.com. I'd love to answer your questions. That's excellent. Thank you very much for your time, Donna. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. This was so great. I really appreciate it. Thank you for spending the time to listen to the show. If you want to learn more, check out sansit.com. That's S-A-N-C-I-T dot com. Join Sansit Group on Facebook and contact us if you have any questions. Until next time, have an awesome day and rock on.